You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. That's, also, that's always the way it was. People were always following the Lord and wanting to hear more of what he said and see more of what he did. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. Have you ever met somebody who could just sleep anywhere I mean, it's just, you could be talking to them, and then five seconds later, they're gone. I mean, they're gone. They're deep, REM sleep. I could never do that. Uh, The Lord was tired. He was tired. Um, He was asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? That's that's their way of saying, This is more than just a man. Uh, And right they were. Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, the story that we have here. Thank you for the timeless truth uh, that is uh, laid bare in its words. I thank you so much for your Bible. Thank you for your church. Thank you for your people here. And uh, many of them have come here with a burden on their heart and on their mind. And Lord, I ask that you would use this message to be an encouragement to them. I love them so much. Help them to see uh, that serving you, loving you, growing closer to you is the best decision that they could ever make. They will never be more happy, more joyful than in doing that. Lord, we ask this in your name. Amen. There is no such thing as a bad question. I can remember multiple times hearing this phrase growing up, like science class or uh, a job orientation meeting or Sunday school, youth gatherings, a lot of times with with youth, (laughs) that that would be said. And in my experience, many times after that phrase was told, somebody would ask a question that would challenge whether or not there is such a thing as a bad question. Uh, I was looking up, some teachers wrote down some questions <laughs> that they got from their students. Here's one. What are those pyramid-shaped things in Egypt called? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do islands not float away? I love this. Do Asian people think in English? There was one time I asked my dad, I said, okay, so you know when American people are thinking, we always say, uh, so there must be a word that other people revert to, other languages. <laughs> and Oh, the look that my father gave me was one of complete disappointment. And uh, <laughs> son, you're 26, don't call me this late at night. <laughs> what would liquid ice be called? Uh, okay, so <laughs> this last one here, this last one here, was a, a girl in my class, 
and we were watching a documentary. It was always, you knew it was a good day in school when there was that TV, that box TV on the red and yellow cart that you could hear going down. You're like, oh, please pull it into our room. And you would walk in and see that. And we were watching this documentary of World War I. And a girl seriously asked, so, so when did the world stop being black and white? <laughs> So there is such a thing as a bad question. <laughs> there really is. Um, but I, I honestly, I can't be too hard on those people, OK? I have asked bad questions uh, before in my life on multiple occasions. And the only thing worse than asking a bad question is asking the same question again. And I have asked. This question, which is the subject of my message tonight, I have asked this question more than once. Does Jesus care? God, are you even there? Does God really care about me? I remember there was a time when I had just got married, and I was working at Chase uh, Chase card services, and I was just, it was just an entry level position. And um, we were coming up on our apartment lease. And if we did not move, if we did not find an, another place, our lease was going to go up. We weren't going to have enough to, to make ends meet. And just at that time, there was a, a promotion that came up. And uh, so I applied for the promotion, I got, a, I got an interview with it. Uh, and there were a couple times on my record that I had been late. Uh, McKenna uh, had been born already, and we were um, dealing with one car and dropping Tracy off at work. Uh, she worked at Cabela's, dropping her off at work, and then dropping McKenna off uh, with the babysitter, and then getting to my job. There were just a lot of things that could happen in between then that would make me late. And I remember in the interview saying, like, look, that's, that's not... Uh, really who I am, and um, I, I don't want you to think that I'm, I'm lazy or anything. This is just our situation. And I remember him looking at me and saying, you're a good candidate for it, but you cannot be late again. Just do not be late any time during, during uh, this interview process. Uh, and it came down to the day when they were going to make the announcement. You always knew when it was going to be, and you could see him walking up and down the aisles of the cubicles and going up to people with a piece of paper and letting you know if you were moving over to the next cubicle, basically, <laughs> you know, but to the next area of cubicles. And it was that day I went out to my car, and I turned it on. Well, I tried to. And this was one. No, 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 no. Has your car ever done that? Especially in the cold, it does that. Uh, if you're up in the cold, there are just sometimes there's no, 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 no. And I'm thinking, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is the last day. I just have to be on time today. That's it. Tracy had to find her own, her own ride. We had to figure something out with McKenna. I think, I, I can't even remember what we did. I'm just trying to fix the car. No, 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 no. Two hours, three hours late from what I can remember. And I remember crying the entire way to work. Lord, you knew, you, you knew. You've seen how much I prayed for this. 
You knew how much I needed this. I've gone weeks without anything. And today, today, today this happens. Do you even care? That's a really bad question. That's a really bad question. Of course Jesus cares. We know that Jesus cares. But have you ever asked that question? Why? Why do we ask this question? What brings us to the point where we question Jesus' care for us? We don't like asking the question. We feel like a fool for asking the question. But we find ourselves in a position where Lord, it just, it just seems like just seems like you don't care. The apostles, the handpicked by Jesus, the one who walked with him every day, even they come to a situation. Master, carest thou not that we perish? Do you not care about what we're going through? You're here in church tonight, but perhaps recently you've asked this question. Maybe all seems to be going well right now, but soon we may be asking this question. And I don't know your exact situation, but I do know that everybody at any time is going through something. That every heart in some way is hurting. So my question is, does Jesus care? And let's be real. Let's be real with ourselves. We've all asked that question. And we've all reached that point of doubt before. When we find ourselves asking that question, we must, we must, we must, we must remember these three truths. I'm not saying that these are the only things that could ever apply in this situation, but it's the three that I find in this passage here. Number one, remember that storms will come even while we're in God's will. Remember that storms will come even when we're in God's will. Abraham was in Bethel, the house of God, when a famine came to him. Job was perfect and upright before God when his trial came. Elijah was nothing but obedient when Jezebel started seeking for his life. Jeremiah was thrown in a miry pit for preaching. While following God's will, Paul was stoned, whipped, shipwrecked, and bitten by a snake. James was beheaded. Peter was crucified upside down. John was boiled in oil and then exiled to Patmos. Jesus was led to Calvary. These apostles weren't on the Sea of Galilee on their own accord. Jesus told them to go. He tells them in verse 35, let us pass over unto the other side. It's while they are actively obeying and trying their best to follow Jesus that this storm comes. And this was no ordinary storm. You have at least four men on this boat who know the Sea of Galilee very well. You have Peter, James, and John, and Andrew, who were fishermen. They know the Sea of Galilee. But this storm is so violent, comes out of nowhere so quickly that they even believe, we're, we're going to die. They all start saying, we're going to die. Except for Thomas, maybe he doubted that. But everybody else believed that they were going to die. Now, the Sea of Galilee, because of its geography, um, it's, has anyone ever been to Israel? You've ever been to Israel? So the Sea of Galilee is not very big. No matter where you are standing on the shore, you can always see the other side. It's not very big at all. I think it's 13 miles long. 
uh, and it's surrounded by mountains. And, and what happens is because it's in a little bit of a bowl, just the, the warm air kind of settles there. Over the, over the sea, over the lake. And every once in a while, especially an east wind, when an east wind comes over those mountains and it flows over that warm air, I mean, a storm can come up in the middle of nowhere. You could, you could set sail on one side of the lake with calm seas. And in the middle, by the time you reach the middle, I mean, you're right in the midst of a tempest. And this is what happens to these. They had no idea it was coming. Now, here's my question. Do we think Jesus was surprised by the storm? No. No. He knew that that storm was coming well before he ever said, let us pass over to the other side. He led them. He led them in to that storm. That storm where they genuinely thought that they weren't going to make it. Carelessness didn't put them there. Backsliding didn't put them there. Sin didn't put them there. Obedience, obedience to God's will put them there. Right in the middle of that storm. Has that ever happened to you? When you know without a doubt you're in God's will, you are where you are supposed to be, and you know you're in God's will because you've tried to get out, and he's told you no. And you're right in the middle of God's will, but a storm comes anyway. And it's a storm that you don't see, how, how am I ever going to make it through this? And you pray, and when you pray, you, you legitimately say, Lord, I'm, I'm trying my best to obey here. I, I'm doing everything that I, that I, I know I'm not perfect. I know I'm not perfect. I'm not saying that I am. But I'm taking steps of faith right now that I never thought I would take. I, I'm growing in areas that I never thought I would grow. I, I'm trying to do what your word says to do. Where did this come from? Do you care? Do you care that I'm trying my best? Do you care that I'm praying? Do you care that I'm growing? Do you care that I'm trying to set the right example? Of course. Of course he cares. But we think, if Jesus cares, then why would he lead me into this? But take a step back. Our, our answer is in the question. The question is, if Jesus cares, why would he lead me into this? If Jesus didn't care, he wouldn't lead. If Jesus didn't care, he wouldn't lead at all. When Jesus says, let us pass over to the other side, there may very well be a storm in between you and the other side. But if Jesus says, we're passing over, you're going to pass over. You will pass over to the other side. You will reach the other side. It doesn't matter if there's a hundred storms between you and the shore. When he says, we're going, you're going. God's will doesn't exempt us from trials. In fact, sometimes God leads us straight to them. And you may come back and say, Pastor, that doesn't seem very encouraging. That doesn't seem very comforting. No, but it is. It is. It is. Because God never leads you to a storm that he can't lead you through. He never leads you to something that he will not lead you through. The apostles didn't realize it at that point, but it was better for them to be in the middle of that sinking vessel 
in the midst of the Sea of Galilee than on the shore in a bed of ease because it wasn't God's will for them to be at ease at that moment. It was God's will for them to be in the storm. But remember, God's will will never lead you where his hand will not sustain you. Just because he leads us to a storm, it doesn't mean he stopped caring for us. He cares. Jesus cares. If Jesus didn't care, he wouldn't lead us at all. With that being said, here's the next thing we need to remember. God doesn't always act the way we think he would in the storm. Now, very, very rarely, being a human and, and sinful and having a finite mind, will we ever be able to pinpoint what God would do and definitely what God should do. But I, I think you see what I'm saying. God just, can you, can you imagine what the apostles are going through during this storm right now? Okay, they're scared out of their mind. They weren't the bravest people to begin with. Um, men talk a big game. <laughs> we really do. Uh, they're scared out of their mind. They think they're going to die. The waves are coming over the boat. The ones who know what they're supposed to do are screaming at the ones who don't know what to do. Bartholomew, no, don't just stand there. Tie that down. And, and Thaddeus, you go there. And, and you throw that overboard. And you hold that line. And Master, can you help me with this? Master? Is he helping somewhere else? No? Is he watching? Is he standing up at the, at, the, at the wheel and watching? No, he's sleeping. He's asleep. Time out. I'm going to take a couple of these. Jesus was, in, in this story, we see how Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. He's, he's so much man that he's sleeping in the boat. And he's so much God that he can wake up, have the patience... Not to yell at the disciples and say, why did you wake me up before my alarm went off? And then shut the sea down. The eyes of Jesus may have been closed, but the heart of God's never closed to his children. Nevertheless, when the apostles looked to the master for help in the storm, I think they found him doing the last thing that they ever thought he would be doing. He's sleeping it's not like he was in a lower part of the boat in a special room. He's, he's in the hinder part of a small ship that is probably getting covered in waves just as much as he's soaking wet, cold, rocking back and forth on a small pillow, asleep. Master, how can you sleep? How can you sleep right now? Do you not care? About what we're going through? Carest thou not that we perish? Now let's stop here for a moment. Why was he asleep in the first place? Was it not because he cared so much? Was it not because of his compassion and love for the souls of men that he worked and prayed and wept and preached and healed to the point where his weary body was so exhausted that he could even sleep in the middle of a storm? In the Sea of Galilee, look, at, look in verse uh, 36. When they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was. Why are those words there? Because it's trying to point out he was, he was exhausted. It would have made more sense to, to stay on that side of the shore. Lord, get some sleep, get some rest. He says, no, we're passing over to the other side. 
So we take him even as he was. He was exhausted. We think of the well at Samaria. The Bible says that he was wearied with his journey and he sat thus on the well. And yet he cared so much. When that lady came by, he led her to the fountain of living waters. He cared so much, he had no place to lie his head. Oftentimes he had no leisure as to eat. He always thought of others before he ever thought of himself. At one point he told the disciples, let's go into the wilderness to rest. But rest, do they get? No, they get none. Because the multitude finds out where he's going. They actually find a shortcut to get there. And as soon as they arrive, the multitude is right there. And when all the disciples are probably thinking, send them away so we can get some sleep, the Bible says Jesus taught them many things. He had compassion on them. If Jesus didn't care, he wouldn't have been so tired in the first place. But how does this apply to us today? Because Jesus is in heaven today, sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. And behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Even if Jesus could sleep today, remember, a sleeping Christ is better than a rowing Christian. But God does not sleep. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Yet all of us have gone through a storm where it just seemed like God didn't do what we thought he was going to do. Whenever we prayed to him, whenever it seemed like he worked, it seemed like it was the last thing that he would ever do. We, we look at the storm and we try, every, we think every way out, don't we? I could see how that could get me out, and that could get me out, and that could get me out. And we try to trace God's hand through the storm, and we find ourselves saying, if God would just do this, then the storm would be over. If God would just work in that area, then the storm would be over. If he would just convict that person, then everything would be fine. If he would just give me that opportunity, if he would just give me that one blessing, that's it. If he would just give me that, I could see how all of this would work out. If he would remove that one obstacle, this would all be over. But it doesn't happen. So does Jesus care? Does he care? Yes, he cares. But we've all been in that position where we say, I mean, if I were God, I would do this. If I were God, I would be working. I would be holding that rope down. I, would be, I wouldn't be sleeping. Let's just say right here, it's a good thing we're not God. Because he's not doing what we think he should be doing, it really seems like he just doesn't care about what we're going through. If Jesus cared, then he would mend my divided family. If he cared, he would remove these bills. He would bring back my wayward child. He would resolve my work situation. He would cure my health issues. I'm doing everything I can here. And it seems like God isn't doing anything. How can he care? It may be hard to understand, but we know that he cares. Nobody ever cared for us like Jesus. He cares so much that he's willing to lead us to a storm where sometimes it is designed to bring us down to nothing so that we can only rely on him. His desire may very well be to calm the storm, 
to mend the divided family, to, to remove the obstacle, whatever it may be. His, his desire may very well be to do that. And all he has to do is speak a word and it will be done. But as long as we're fighting and we're scheming and we're attempting to find our own way out, he lets the storm rage on until we learn that he's all we need. Whenever, because whenever we approach him, it's like all we're saying is, God, I'm rowing and I'm bailing and I'm setting the sails. I'm tying down the cargo. I'm fighting to reach the shore. Look at all I'm doing. But maybe, just maybe, God has brought that storm to bring us to the point where we can only say, Master, we perish. If you don't do something, everything's lost. Isn't that how he saved us from our sin? Nobody has ever been saved from their sin as long as we held on to any hope that there was something that we could do. We had to be brought to the point where we said, we perish, we're done. There's nothing we could ever do. Even if we toiled the rest of our life, we will never reach the shore of eternity. And that is when Jesus came and saved us. Are we so surprised that he still brings storms in our Christian life to remind us that without him, we can do nothing? There's only one thing that causes a Christian to seek himself in a storm rather than completely relying on Christ. There's only one thing that would make a Christian believe that we know how to navigate the storm better than God, and that is pride. And sometimes a storm is specifically designed to bring us to the point where all we can do is fall on our face and say, Master, we perish and only you can save. What does the Bible say? God resisteth the proud and giveth grace unto the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Colon, colon, continuation of thought, casting all your care upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. It is only when we humble ourselves that we can truly cast our care upon him. And it is only when we truly cast our care upon him that he can come back and show how much he truly cares about us. I circled two phrases in my Bible in Mark 4. One phrase in verse 37. I circled this phrase. And there arose a great storm of wind. And then I circled in verse 39. And he arose. Yes, Jesus cares. At the right time, at the best time, at his appointed time, he always brings deliverance from the storm. It may not be in the way that we thought he would, but perhaps that's the point. Perhaps he wants us to reach that place where he's all we have so that he can show us He's all we need. Maybe I could put it this way. There are times when God brings us to a storm, to a place, to a trial, where his word is all we have. His word is all we have. He's promised us that he cares for us. Has he not? He has promised in his word, I care for you. And even though we may not understand what he's doing or what he's not doing, you can write it down in permanent ink. He cares. He cares. But is his word enough? Is it enough for him to say, let us pass over to the other side? 
no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, he said he cares and that we're going to the other side. So no matter what we face, we will reach it. Is it enough for us? He's going to bring us to a storm every now and then where we might look back at him and say, Lord, I know you say you care, but prove it. He doesn't have to. He said it, believe it. He may not always do what we think he would in a storm, but he's God, he's all-powerful, he's all-wise. And at the right time, he'll lead us through to the other side as he said he always would. In every storm, he will be your savior. For every crisis, there's a Christ. Just as he has always been there, he will be there again. And that's the last thing. Remember, he's the same God that has delivered in every storm. And maybe you look back on your past and say, Pastor, I'm, I'm newly saved. I don't have many storms that the Lord has. No, 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 no. He's the same God that led the Israelites through the Red Sea. He's the same God that delivered Elijah from Jezebel. He's the same God that delivered David from the hand of Saul. He's the same God that delivered Paul from the hand of the persecutors. Need I go forward? That is your God. The same God that led all those people through their storm. The same God that stood up here and said, peace, be still. Shh. Is the same God we pray to. The same God we trust in. The same God who says, just as I cared for them, I care for you. These apostles allowed their fear to overcome their faith. And Jesus brings that out in verse 40, but it's how he poses his questions that intrigues me. Look in verse 40. He said unto them, why are ye so fearful? How is it, how is it that ye have no faith? It's almost in, in calling out their disbelief, he, he seems to display his own disbelief. How, how is it possible that you have no faith? You, my own apostles, the one who's seen me cast out demons and heal Peter's mother-in-law, cleanse a leper, strengthen a palsied man, restore a withered hand, yet now when I lead you into a storm, you start doubting and you start losing your faith that I even care? How is it? How is it? How, how does that happen? You know, admitting that there's nothing we can do about a storm is one thing. But questioning God's care after all that he has done for us, that's something else entirely. So let's ask ourselves now, what storm have we ever faced where God has failed us? What storm has he ever shown that he didn't know what was best for us? When has he ever given us a legitimate reason to ask, do you care? We of all people know that he does. He's proven it to us in his actions. He's protected us in every storm that we've faced before. He's provided for us when we could not provide for ourselves. And more than all of that, what we've already said, he promised us in his word that he cares. He cares for you today as he always has in the past. He cares for you in the storm just as he does in the sunshine. He promised, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. How could he say that? if he didn't care. When we remember these three truths, storms will come, even when we're in God's will, but every storm he leads us to, he will lead us through. God may not act the way we think he would, but he always knows what's best, even if that means bringing us down to nothing, even if the only thing we have left is clinging to his word.
He brings us down to nothing so that we can fully rely on him. And number three, he's the same God that has delivered us in every storm. He's never given us a reason to doubt him. When you remember those three things, you would sleep in the boat too. You'd say, Lord, that looks comfortable. Move over. And instead of the question that Jesus asks his disciples, maybe, maybe somebody else will see us in our storm and they'll ask us the opposite. I see what you're going through. I see the hardship. I see the health problem. I see the financial problem. I see the issue with the family. I, I see all of that. Why are ye so faithful? How is it that ye have no fear? And we can honestly look back and say, <laughs> one reason, because Jesus cares for me. I love that song. Does Jesus care when my heart is pained too deeply for mirth and song? When my sad heart aches till it nearly breaks and the way grows weary and long? Does Jesus care when I've said goodbye to the dearest in life to me? Does Jesus care when my way is dark with a nameless dread and fear? Oh, yes. He cares. I know he cares. His heart has been touched by my grief. And when the days are dreary and the long nights weary, I know my Savior cares. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.